Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. It is a delivery device for my music, where the chat is pretty much incidental. Um, it's a, an attempt to capitalise on a mistake by a Trump who mentioned Ivanka. There's many things, it and it's also nothing. My name's Michael Forrest. <laughs> and I'm Ivanka Magic. Couldn't, couldn't get any laughs for anything there. <laughs> Oh, God. I was thinking I was trying to come up with something clever, but it wasn't <laughs> working. Clever retort. <laughs> I should have left more space. <laughs> well, let me know if you think... If you do think of something, you just say it, and then I'll edit it back into into that bit, and then it'll sound like you oh, came cool. up with something yeah, yeah. off the cuff. So I can look clever. Um, <laughs> good one! No. <laughs> I was not sincere. Um, this week... We're going to talk on our 99th episode, I pitched this uh, pretty clever idea, <laughs> of talking about the 99%, i.e. us mugs. <laughs> Those of us who aren't billionaires ten times over, or even one time over, or any times over. Well, according to this graph, um, 1% owns... 44% of the world's wealth and actually like the 95 the 99% includes people who uh, like whose worth is up to like a million dollars so wow it's that that sort of in a way shows you how extreme the inequality is in that top that going into that top 1% um, so that's and we so we can even if all my dreams came true, I would still be in the one percent. The ninety nine percent. The ninety nine percent. Sorry, <laughs> I would still. I'm definitely not in the one percent. The uh, the the does this the million dollars? That's one million dollars. Does yeah. that if you're if you're sort of UK? Are these US stats? That you're looking at this is global i think this uh, what i'm looking at is uh global wealth data book 2018 credit suisse oh that's that sounds so, like it's going to be good quality data <laughs> sounds it's the it's the thumbnail for the episode which i uh, had a bit of time i thought oh let's do this thumbnail then if ivanka's gonna, gonna <laughs> be late and starting to think it also means it constituted a bit of research so um so yeah wow but then that, even yeah. even at the top of the pyramid we are still way closer in wealth to people at the very bottom than we are to the sort of wealth that the 1% have. Wow. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, probably just whinge about it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just complain it's about just going to be a how hard our life is because we're not billionaires. This is going to be a tutorial on how to get into the 1%. So fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> Let's go. How's it going, Ivanka? It's been it's a it's been a mixed bag of a week. Um, oh, but it's not going well. <laughs> no, well it is. Um, yes, I've I'm got sure positive columns and negative columns, um, mm. but I feel like I'm gonna go, we're going to go to England for the whole of November and December, or most of yeah. December. And uh, right. to be honest with you, I'm quite enjoying my little 
hiding from reality <laughs> that, that, that means that I can dip into British news without getting overly irate about it. And just mm. though the other night I was uh, waiting for the votes in Parliament, I literally had that sort of butterfly feeling sick in my stomach feeling. Um, but, you know, that's uh, we are where we are. It is what it is. Phrases like that. Um, and uh, and I got uh, and this week on the other more exciting story column, <laughs> more exciting hmm. than British politics is the fact that I got interviewed for the New York Times. Ooh, check you out! Oh. Yeah, the guy uh, even um, in in his hunt for you, <laughs> like messaged me through my MichaelForestMusic.com really? website. Fine. So I got this uh, Slack like drift message. I was like, I was like, oh, someone from the New York Times has contacted me uh, about Ivanka. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was quite, quite interesting. Apparently, the article won't be out for about a month, but it was quite uh, it was a bit of an opportunity for reflection because hmm. I actually had a bit, I had two days' notice, <laughs> so I wandered hmm. around thinking about it and thinking about, it. and obviously, I still didn't say all the things that I thought I wanted to say or anything, but. Hmm. I uh, said a few things, um, and we'll look we'll forward see. to uh, reading it. Um, I, tr- I presume reading it. I presume. I look so. forward to not being able to get through the paywall to read it. <laughs> um, I think he's going to let me know when it's live. Hmm. Uh, so we'll see. Anyway, how's your week, Michael? I, I was. I was. I'm. I, I was in a promotional video <laughs> for my gym. Oh yes, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I didn't prepare any talking notes, but I did take Sharon's advice to just be a peanut. So I just was like, OK, I'm just going to do be stupid. And uh, yeah, it went across well. Yeah, it did. Um, that was, well, it was it was a, it was an exercise in vulnerability that really like it was str- interesting because like my it was I, my family in my family WhatsApp group actually gave me some encouragement and said they liked it, which I can't remember the last time that happened. Um, so I was like, ah, oh, I've finally got the... I said, I, was like, I said, I've finally got the uh, validation I crave from my actual muscle man brother. Wow. Um, so, so <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, so in theory, yeah, it's been... Um, it's been a... Uh, I've had a few little successes in the last few days. Like, um, you know, I made that ukulele song. Yeah. I turned it into a, a <laughs> my mean-spirited ukulele song. Yeah. Um, I made into one of my little daily Instagrams. And um, then uh, Tantacruel, who is uh, a, a, a fellow Ubuntu design team alum and a good, good YouTube um, YouTuber uh, who talks about interesting stuff and has lots of followers he um he tweeted out the uh, video <laughs> tweeted out my instagram and then someone even more famous and another one of the youtuber rt tweeted that out so i got a few uh, a few followers and a few likes on it just i was quite happy because it was h bomber guy who does these sort of video essays on um like the 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 the, the right wing youtube type people oh. as well as uh like he did a good one on how why Doctor Who is so terrible, and uh, he's like British from like the north, you know. Um, but yeah, so it was nice that we just watched him do a talk. I'd made Sharon watch this talk where he talks about how he um, did this live stream to respond to Graham 
Linehan's anti-trans um, diatribes and organisation of Mumsnet people. So it's, it's sad to hear that Graham Linehan is a bigot, but um, the, in 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 doing this live stream of this notoriously annoying computer game he was like up for like a few days sort of streaming this game but like ended up amassing like getting a lot a lot of money for this uh trans um charity and um meeting i think even aoc like called in Wow. Like so, that he, he, he was he he got a lot of attention for it, and yeah, so it was it was an interesting talk that he gave that I'll link to, and so it was nice to see him retweet my ukulele video. Um, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> so yeah, it's been mm. your mean ukulele. So it's video. been good. Thank it's good. been good. Also, I made a Reddit post that did well as well. <laughs> so. What was that about? Just uh, my my studio mate had made like an empty euro. It was in Synthesizer Circle Jerk, which is a mean spirited uh, synthesizer channel where they mock people for uh, being snobbish about synths. And I put in a thing. It's very specific, <laughs> very niche, uh, but uh, definitely having some good luck with the mean spirited stuff on the internet. <laughs> this last couple of days. <laughs> Let's uh, talk about, like, the 99% is, you know, the convenient name for this episode because it's episode 99, but I suppose it's the 1% that we're really talking about, isn't it? Yeah, we're not really talking about the 99% at all. That's just the rest of us. Yeah, that's us. No matter how well we do, we are very unlikely to break through into that top 1% uh, without a... Family le- legacy of wealth, right? Yeah, or... and it's a very small number of. But this says it's like the one percent is like forty-two million people still, but of a population of what, like seven billion? That's yeah, still a very small percentage. But then there's also that other stat, isn't there? That like a hundred or you know twenty-six people own X amount of the the, the world's wealth. Um, I was looking at this, the Oxfam report, this viral, are 26 billionaires worth more than half the planet? And it's um, a sort of contested statistic, but yeah, like, but we don't need to talk about the 0.0001%. We can just talk about um, that 1%, can't we? What do you think? What are your thoughts? I um, have been thinking about it from the point of view of... Traditionally, when we talk about wealth and those mega wealthy and their lifestyles, in many ways, it's like, if that's what you want to do, do that, that's fine. The The problem is now that that sort of over hoarding of wealth and uh, not not putting it to proper use and this focus on profit above everything is sort of is created a, a, a real planetary crisis that money can't buy you out of in my view in my well however much people argue about going to mars and all this nonsense the reality is that human animals need need a walk in the forest and you can't it's like it feels to me like that you know when planes used to be smoking and not smoking 
it's like this sort of idea that if you sat on one side of the plane in the non-smoking area, you weren't at all going to be bothered by the people in the smoking area um, <laughs> on a on a sealed tube flying through the sky. It's just yeah. ludicrous. And it, it feels like that to me. It's like what mm. those people are doing, I, they cannot separate me from. They cannot mm. separate themselves away from. They're there. And, and, you know, if that's the bit that I find difficult with that those overwhelming quantities of wealth yeah and and just looking at this total income growth by percentile chart it's like while you know gap minder the bottom 40 percent of people are sort of experiencing sort of an improvement in their lives it's actually like then it's it's almost like the middle class are getting basically the 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 ultra wealthy are farming the middle class for wealth like yeah. we're the ones that are getting sort of just exploited now. It's weird, like as the more educated people, because this wealth, one way or another, does constitute value, which has to be created by work one way or another, right? Yeah. Um, let's, let's, let's take that possibly naive assumption that wealth that has to come from someone's labour or someone's attention or, you know, whatever that is. It's, it's the middle class that are being squeezed out and we're suckers we've been suckered into just like letting these these sort of um ultra wealthy just kind of cream off the top and how's that happened aren't we supposed to be smarter than that aren't we supposed to be more educated than that but i don't Why think do, i think it's to do with well it must be or largely to do with taxation because you very quickly fall into the next tax bracket like i've hmm. been in the um, the higher income tax bracket for a lot of my career or most of it very quickly I got into that and then but I've never gone you know into I don't humble know brag. sorry well I don't is know that, that it's a humble brag, brag. A, I, don't, I well, didn't mean yeah, brag. very quickly it's just like got <laughs> into the but no, you, into we the... were talking about professionals and earning yeah, and yeah, yeah. being squeezed and all yeah, that yeah, jazz that 40% like threshold 40% is like, tax yeah, yeah, you just you you get to it relatively quickly, but then there's no that the, any attempts to introduce upper levels or um, or you know set more tiers or because there's a world world of difference between somebody who's earning you know forty odd thousand pounds a year and somebody's who's earning two hundred thousand pounds a year or you know like already there's a there's a big mm. disparity um, and yet. In a, in and I don't have the statistics. I haven't got a fancy graph, but my understanding <laughs> is that the taxation doesn't reflect that. And any attempts that have been made to put big taxes on mega wealth are, are always thwarted. For instance, by Brexit. Exactly. So you know, um, sort of. And I, I was glad to see a, a meme, um, sort of going around of J, um, Jacob Rees Mogg just calling out that the reason he's against um that he wants brexit is because of the eu introducing the tax avoidance stuff <laughs> what was that what did you hear that no i just got a roar i think there's a gremlin in in something no, <laughs> it's I didn't really hear crazy <laughs> if that's recorded i'm going to leave it in so that you get to hear it in the playback because it was freaky <laughs> 
Um, I think it was um, we're being we just the bug got activated from the Brexiteers uh, oh. surveillance, and I think <laughs> something's targeting me from above. <laughs> see, see now you're now you're getting a bit more into this Balkan spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I get my tinfoil. Some tinfoil, quick. <laughs> my dad, when we. I will tell you a little aside on the on the whole. Mm. My parents went on holiday to Russia when I, to the Soviet Union when I was very little, and they um, they got befriended very quickly by some people that they were quite dubious of, and then they sort of observed people, the same sort of people on the bus on some bus journey. My father's pretty paranoid anyway but they ended up having mm. a conversation in four or five different like so they were mixing words from french german english right. to, to, it's like if you're going to follow us and listen to us you're going to have to speak at least four languages <laughs> and, then, and then a similar thing happened when we got back to yugoslavia somebody came to make friends in a sort of like somebody who is kind of a party loyal person and after mm. they'd visited the first time they'd been to the house my dad used to walk around the basement going hi <laughs> If you're listening. <laughs> anyway. God. This is the reality of my childhood. Oh, God. Well, okay. let's go back to the tax bit. Uh, oh, yeah. Because you said you think... Well, I, I didn't quite understand your point in the um, in terms of... The middle class is paying. Because, yeah, the middle class is paying their taxes and then the ultra-wealthy are not yeah. because they're going to the Isle of Man. Yeah. Um, you have to be rich enough to avoid taxes, Oh, and for it to yeah. be worth avoiding taxes mm. on, you know, putting real serious work into not paying taxes. You've mm. got to be, I think, and those of us, maybe I'm wrong, I'm making assumptions or self-reflective assumptions. I was very pleased <laughs> to, to be earning that amount of money. I wasn't yeah. going to not pay my tax, you know, it's just like, oh, look. Yeah, yeah me too. It's loads of money. It's like, it's fine. And you still, it's only on the, the higher bit and... Yeah, it's fine, but but where, where it goes wrong is it's income tax. That's the problem with it, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's it's a tax on income, which becomes is different to wealth. So, well, I mean, what do you know about Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax thing? I don't know anything. About I mean, I it. think that fundamentally, it's like it's not it's not about income because that's not even how wealth yeah, works when true. you're at that level. That's true. It's about it's about taxing your actual wealth. Um, let's just Google it. So a wealth tax like the one proposed by presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren would make ultra-wealthy Americans pay the federal government a small percentage of their net worth each year. Mm. So uh, Senator Bernie Sanders released his own proposal um, to cut the wealth of billionaires in half over 15 years. Um, and it's all American stuff. I, yeah. I don't know what the EU's... Do we know what the EU's thing is? I don't know. EU we should really know wealth this. wealth tax... All right, anti-tax avoidance directives in the EU. It contains... The anti-tax avoidance directive contains five legally binding anti-abuse measures which all member states would, should apply against common forms of aggressive tax planning. And these are controlled foreign company, CFC rule, to deter profit shifting to a low or no tax country, switchover rule to prevent non... to prevent double non-taxation of certain income. There are pictures with these. It's, it's kind of... Ah, right. There's diagrams with these. Sorry, this is it's a bit shambolic, but I, I've been talking about this, this, this EU thing for a bit. So before they used to just chuck it off to an, a low-tax place, now the companies... Ca 
are still taxable, even if they sort of transfer it somewhere. Right. Switch over rule. Um, before you'd invest in the foreign thing and then get dividends back. Now the dividends get taxed. Um, exit taxation to prevent companies from avoiding tax when relocating assets. So when you move your IP to another sort of low tax place, then you still have to pay tax on that. This is this is I don't know. If, there's, I'm looking at nice pictures whilst trying to exp- describe them. <laughs> Interest limitation to discourage artificial debt arrangements designed to minimise taxes and general anti-abuse rule to counteract aggressive tax planning where other rules don't apply. So it sounds like, well, that's that's the thing that the billionaires are scared of. Yeah, it's going to attack their their, their monopoly of all the wealth. So and this is something that's already like this isn't like. Um, dependent on the result of the US election kind of thing, which it is in America. This is like stuff that, yeah, has been agreed by everyone in the EU that they want to do. But but I'm not... Because um, com- one of the things... So I, I was doing, for this New York Times article, I actually did a little bit of, of reading around various things to do with climate change the climate crisis because mm. this is related don't worry um, because okay. I did one interview a couple of years ago and I wasn't prepared for it and I because I was under the you know like I got in I got interviewed like I was a climate expert and I was right. thrown by it and you know I, I didn't enjoy the experience of feeling so sure. utterly ignorant so I prepared you know I did better preparation for this and um, I was listening to a, a Guardian podcast about um, the highest polluters and mm. buried in there was a was a quote from Mark Mark, Mark Carney um, the governor of the Bank of England who said you know um, financial the controlling the financial sector controlling wealth doesn't compensate for good climate policy so you know all this like so take this is i'm probably not responding to the uh, the direction the, the points you're making i'm sorry but hopefully we'll tie it up together but it's like the difference between yes these companies should behave themselves like that salesforce.com interview i i forwarded you the other day uh where they consider the world to be a stakeholder in their business not just the shareholders but when companies and individuals won't behave like that then you have to have strong regulations to stop them offshoring their wealth moving it to a cheaper location um and i think you know another another if the if the un had more might the actual existence of lower taxation areas could be eliminated and mm. should be because and you sort of see a GDPR type mechanism possibly yeah, like, achieving that in future, maybe. Maybe something for the for the world that says, look, actually, you know, we're all, because you know we have this competition between nations, which you know we can. There's plenty of arguments to say that all these geopolitical borders are, or certainly the political borders, are totally arbitrary, really, in a world where the air's polluted and the climate's collapsing. So let's just, you know, like. Is there could there be a point where um, you're that you create a more level 
level playing field for everybody through the regulation of things like corporation tax, which is low corporation tax is a, is a surefire way to attract people to your country like Ireland did. And then get so the right. European headquarters is in Ireland. They have low corporation tax, and then they operate from there, avoiding taxes. Yeah. So it's kind of person, individual people's wealth, but also companies who just seem to think that instead of making money out of the thing they do, make money out of money. <laughs> something i saw this thing the other day about like there's this this idea that if you reduce tax on companies then they'll then they'll turn that into employment but actually they just do stock buybacks so that they can sort of sustain the uh the sort of worth of their shares so they just they take this money that donald trump gives them yeah uh, lets them keep and just use it to buy back their own stock and so that they can just sort of um what's the word like strengthen their position just like protect their wealth yeah yeah um so it doesn't trickle down to anyone it just like just goes into that and yeah and i think i think and there used to be and that used to be illegal in the u.s and then uh, reagan like reverted it and now they're in this situation i think an individual behavior an individual's behavior versus an organization's behavior is it's the psychology is quite different because if you're talking about, so I'm contemplating on a on a really small scale. I'm contemplating mm. making this my residence um, and making uh, uh, sort of moving here. But I'm only contemplating it. <laughs> so I went, you know, mm. and I was like, because and I don't understand. I don't know the implications from a taxation point of view, and I wanted to find out. Um, what what I needed to do, and I went I went to the local tax office, which is not like going to the you know in the I haven't got an accountant here. I just went in and walked, asked, and I was like, because I am happy to pay my taxes, but I don't want to pay tax twice in two different mm-hmm. countries. So I don't want to duplicate my taxes because I'm not I'm not mm. an idiot. <laughs> that seems foolish, but I'm mm. but so as a as a individual holding a great deal of wealth it's going to be much harder for you to i think to choose to participate in a in a thing that will slowly reduce your wealth than a at an organization level being forced to look at what impact you have globally do you see what i mean does that make any okay yeah but the 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 the, the point of that is that we have to force this on those people and we are the majority that's the it's in the name like we're the 99 percent we are the majority we're we're making all this wealth 
we, in a democracy, we should be able to force people who are hoarding wealth to pay their, you know, to do things they don't want to do because they sure as hell uh, don't mind making us do things we don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I think I I was thinking about this um, the other day. I was thinking about in terms of like a sort of blatant disregard for the the planet, the behaviour of the... The rich doesn't even have to be mega rich. Mm. I saw these big uh, yachts coming through here. Mm. And you're like, it's like, actually, history does have some good stories about what happens to people who flagrantly disregard inequality. And at the yeah. moment, we may, it isn't just about wealth inequality. It's carbon footprint inequality yeah. massively. And it's like, actually, this is how you end up without your head. <laughs> this is where the guillotine comes out. Yeah. So, and um, and yeah, like, I, I, that reminds me of something the Salesforce guy did. He did mention, like he did sort of focus on that, the measurement thing as well and sort of said, so like some, so it's, how how can we actually measure who's who's doing the who's the one percent in terms of carbon footprint is another thing that I don't know if we have even as good measures for as we do when it comes to actual money wealth. No, he was. But he, then we also know that wealth can be like you know Donald Trump just declaring a different net worth depending on the context, yeah. all that sort of behaviour. Yeah, yeah, but that's I mean it's all very. Uh, you know, they all talk about, you know, the, these terms like creative accounting are accepted. Mm. They're normal terms, aren't they? It's like mm. the, that sort of creative accounting. If I'm borrowing money, I need to look at what make it look this way. But if I'm mm. being taxed, I need to make it look a different way. Or if I'm, you know, it depends. Yeah. So and these are all terms that are it's like, OK, with account with with actual money, you're sort of you're only cheating. Ultimately, you're cheating I was going to say you're cheating yourself, but you're not really. No. But with with a sort no. of carbon measure, then you're cheating the whole world. But no, on a, even with money, you're just cheating everybody if you're going to make stuff up. Well, it's this positive feedback loop that's that we need to prevent, right? Like this thing of once you have this wealth, you can now consolidate your power by, you know, through lobbying and through kind of like... Cambridge Analytica type mechanics and you suddenly you have the power to protect your position because now that you are in the 1% you're obsessed with falling out of the 1% yeah. to the expense of all other things back to this one it's like if it's if the one percent is everyone with more than a million dollars net worth Mm. and that constitutes a global wealth value of 142 trillion so what what if we just divide 142 it's like i'm not even sure like what's trillion is that like 10 12 zeros like i'm not even sure um yeah must be What's, so that's what, like three? I don't even know. I, uh, like it, it depends who, doesn't it? Because there's still, like, like we've said, like there's still massive inequality even within the one percent. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's like... still like absurd levels of inequality, even in there. And it's like that. What? What? Where's the? Well, let's look at this other graph because that had like 
percentile 99 and then 99, 99.99 is still more or less similar in terms of growth, but then 99.999% are still getting thwarted by the 0.001% quite severely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think think the answer is that we need to start at the very top, don't we? Well, this is why I thought, like, if I could come up with something that literally targeted those 26 billionaires with something that they might listen to, because the... the, 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 in theory, an advantage to a concentration of power is it's okay. We're just going to like talk to these, you know, hundred yeah, yeah. people. We've only got yeah, yeah. We might get somewhere. <laughs> like, it's not that many people to have to persuade, is it? No, but, but unfortunately, they're um, they're living in a pretty fortified. Yeah, for, they're living in fortresses. They're yeah. like absolute. There's layers and layers of protection around them. So the likes of us are scuzzy buggers aren't getting close no. are we because i think that was what's interesting about those videos from davos where you know rutger bergman and winnie byanima maybe rutger and winnie brian byanima byanima yes. um, yes. well we'll we hopefully know the video anyway yeah she is um but you know what was what was amazing in that um that video as well was the guy asking the questions from the from the floor like for him those people those those people he was at Davos he was a Davos attendee therefore Mm. of a degree of wealth um because we don't all get to go to Davos and then and he was he was like so far removed from the reality that the people uh, you know the example she brought up that women in, you know, in one of these factories, they were wearing nappies at work because they couldn't go to the mm. loo. It's like the the he was nowhere near thinking about her. He was, you know, I don't I don't even know how you would begin to address the point with them. Of well, I think hi. when you, I think and. <laughs> And maybe the the way of talking to those people is through the climate change discussion more than through anything else, um, because that's something that they really can't buy their way out of. No. Um, unless, you know, Mars trips notwithstanding. Yeah. Um, but that was what was, was sort of like um, motivating and simultaneously demotivating about watching the Salesforce interview on, what was it, CNC? MSNBC. MSNBC, like, surrounded by all the stock tickers. And it was like, he has bought his way. He has bought his... He is... You have to... You have to pay to be allowed to talk about certain things. And so it it was interesting seeing even someone that they could not dispute his like in their terms his value or yeah. importance or like um what's the word um he was someone that was allowed to he's have got, an opinion on whatever he wants he's because got he's got all score. this money he's got the big number he's that got says a he's very high amazing. score so they couldn't really like if anyone else was talking like that they would just dismiss them as mm. you know poor pathetic poor person opinion doesn't matter yeah and then when faced with someone who had bought their way into the club, still seeing how hard it was to get through their thick, myopic world yeah. views, was 
Well, on the one hand, it was good to see that it's possible to happen, but on the other hand, I was like, "How? I can't fucking, yeah. I can't do anything towards this." Then, like, I haven't got, I haven't got the ticket. I haven't got the no the score. I haven't bought my ticket. I can't afford a ticket to this club to even start talking to them. No, and then even that would just be the thin end of a. Probably it would take them a lifetime to get their heads round. But you know, is there a way that he, like, who are who? In that club are the champions of the ninety nine percent. Like he under he can put a mark, the one of the strengths of his argument was putting a market value. He could say shares in my company went out went up three thousand nine hundred percent, and I don't just produce a um, shareholders report. I also produce a stakeholders report, and stakeholders are mm. my employees and the planet and other people um yeah he still uh needed to even though he had like all the numbers and he could prove yeah. and he was like no 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 this is a pro like they still they stick they stick they stuck that stock ticker on the screen to try and sort of imply that he was uh making his shares go down by talking yeah, like yeah, this like, for like, a bit, like yeah like yeah like pathetic yes yeah, so it's like well what do your share, shareholders say about you maximizing the profit and one thing he didn't say which i think he should which is like well, mm -hmm. i don't want those people holding shares in my company mm -hmm. like if you don't care that my, you know, like the obviously, I doubt very much that Salesforce staff are. They, I mean, they're in in nappies on a production line, are they? They don't make anything physical mm. that would require that. But there might be some equivalent. But if you don't care how about the well-being of of all the stakeholders in my company, then don't buy shares in my company. Mm. What I want to bring this back to is because it is, is, it is the fact that this wealth is being created from somewhere. It's being created by through new technologies that allow more of our attention to be farmed for, you know, sold for advertising space. And just generally just a better educated population is able to, I guess, like achieve more interesting things. And hence, like the money is flowing more than than it could have in the past. But why are we like not even the ninety nine percent, but those of us in that's forty to ninety nine percentile, <laughs> the squashed middle class? Why are we letting these people get away with this? How are we letting these people get away with this? Like we're not, we're I not in nappies on a production line. We're professionals with a university education that are just it's just a fact of life that you go and try and generate value for someone, and then they keep. 99% of it or whatever, you don't get it back. Like, even like, I, I suppose, like, you know, I did meet someone that worked at Facebook and they get, you know, they get some big bonuses. But, you know, you can bet it's still just scraps compared to what the sort of executives are getting or, you know, those people in that, the 1% type people. But isn't this the, the conversation that we, we have over and over again, which is about... Uh, first of all, most people have been are sucked into a treadmill 
that may not, which is why your graph kind of the graph you were sharing dips for the middle classes are mm. paying for most of this. It's like, yeah. well, I must have all these things yeah. and I must maintain this lifestyle and I must do these things. And frankly, there is no time to revolt. Yeah, middle class trap. So yeah, we're literally just too like, overworked. Too it's just uh... too busy and too <laughs> tired and too, you know, running around, paying for this, watching that, you know, driving little Jimmy to his piano class and, and you know, off to tennis and I don't know, going out for dinner this many times a week and blah, blah, blah. Whatever people get sucked into, I don't know. Yeah. But it's like... Oh my god, I've got to ha- I've got to have this bigger house. The number mm. of people I know who kind of have a have a child and then suddenly think they need an enormous house for a small person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I I don't want to mock them. But you, I I don't mean that mocking, it just makes me laugh because it's just but it's like um you know, we've been persuaded that we need all this shit. It's like the uh <sighs> the the uh, the, that that thing I quoted about Stella McCartney talking about when are we going to make um, survival sexy instead of like fast fashion buying latest stuff, and it's the same sort of thing. We've been we've been duped. We've been persuaded, and also the cleverest of us are putting all our energies into making you know to building that. Um, brainwashing <laughs> environment yeah, building like, bloody the internet and facebook and twitter and instagram more and all this. addictive how to yeah. how can we make this stuff more addictive how can we make stuff that costs money look way 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 better than the stuff that doesn't you know, right. you know like, <laughs> how can we like when you're walking through yeah. the supermarket and the shiny stuff is like just the worst stuff yeah, it's bad. We've been sort of persuaded that we need. Oh, I yeah, don't we've know. just been like, we've been sucked in. We're, we're, well, we're persuading into fighting amongst ourselves. It's like a next door. It's like the status battle between you and your neighbours. But it's not even your neighbours anymore. No, no. But now it's your people, your friends on Instagram who yeah. can. People are the most... following on Instagram. It was so exciting to be able to suddenly be friends or have a connection to those people oh, that we yeah. looked up to. Like, oh, the famous people. I can maybe they might tweet me. And now it just means like we feel like we're friends with people that have extravagant levels of wealth above what we could ever imagine. Um, but what, what what I'm wondering now is like why why doesn't the middle class unionize? I, I, we should unionise. We should unionise, yeah. We should go, yeah, no, we're not having that. I mean, I I was, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just um, we're forgetting the power that we have. There are more of us. There are so many more of us in the 99%. It gives the, and like when you, you know, get a pay rise, when you're making like a hundred grand, like you're like, I've yeah. got so I've got so much money, I can buy anything. And you forget you don't necessarily look further than that and look at and, and it's it's weird, isn't it? But like you should look at the shareholder reports or like what the company is actually making if they're able to afford you that and go, Oh, wait a minute, but why uh, sorry, but you you're not worth 40 times more than me right like that's the that's that other statistic isn't it like ceos are getting um that that the amount more they're getting paid than the rest of the staff has gone up by orders of magnitude in the last few decades well you can find a graph that shows that it goes up a lot uh since reagan and thatcher um (laughs) since deregulation of everything The, the whole point is we're it's not just jobless crusties in the 99 percent 
No, it's no, no. Successful, very successful professionals. Lots yeah. of us, and we are yeah. so busy and overworked that we we're not protecting ourselves from massive exploitation. Um, and like, there's no yeah, and there's because there's no such thing as there's not really any unions in this world. Like, uh, can we can we like come up with some nicely branded union that we sort of slowly start getting everyone to join and then. Well, I think it's like the wealth has to be distributed. It's like, but that's why I think we need to rebrand unions because it sounds like something from the eighties, like something from yeah. The the thing that for all of us, the ones I I'd say I don't know the stats on the ninety nine percent. I really don't, but I do know that for those of us, and I include myself in this, who there is no inheritance there is no trust fund there is no no backup safety net wealth Mm. there are we make decisions and risk decisions very very differently from people who have never experienced proper true survival uncertainty Mm. and i think that is the biggest what the biggest argument from for stripping people of their wealth Mm. is that like you know the people manipulating us on brexit at the moment uh, reese mogg and all his gang they've got proper backup cash they are never gonna go hungry yeah whereas I, you know, I, I have no reason to believe that for the rest of my life there is no risk of hunger. You know, like, do you know what I mean? Could happen. Why wouldn't it? Mm. You know, it, it only ha- don't, won't happen because I'll constantly be trying not to let it happen. Yeah. There's rather no, than... There's no... We certainly don't have multiple amounts of money that an individual needs to live, which is... no. I think so, like even yeah, and that is that that is probably the thing that 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 million pounds like if you've got a million pounds, then that's going to keep you going, right? Like the interest on that is probably enough to you know survive whatever happens. Um, everyone like below that, what what is what does it, what would it, what's a rate of return on a million pounds? The thing that bank? has been going through my head while you check that is like, do you calculate into that property? You know, a million yeah, pounds well, it's worth all, of property. It's all, well, it's all net worth, isn't it? Which I think... But let's say you've got a million pounds in the bank and you get 5% interest. That's 50 grand a year. So you're going to be fine. Right? Like, you're going to be absolutely fine. You don't have to do That'd anything. delightful. Like, and you so, could just... So that million pounds of yours is definitely worth going after. Yeah, well, that's, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> it would be pretty good. Do you know, this is bad, but like I have got it... After my um, after my diagram of you probably I've probably shown it but like after my diagram of uh, the studio imagining the studio started c- creepily coming to life I was like okay well let's just uh, let's draw a picture of a phone with my bank balance being like a million pounds just but I think I've got it stuck too prominently now and it's putting me off so I'm just going to hide that again um, <laughs> just like imagine just like opening your little metro app and going. Yeah, nine 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 dot six four. Yeah, I'm gonna be all right. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Phew.
Do you know, maybe the reason that the 99% is at that threshold is because that's around that happiness threshold. So it's like, well, I've got enough money. Money's not really my main issue. So I sort of start phasing out of that type of thinking. Meanwhile, and just get blind to the fact that there's actually way, 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 way more. I'm actually generating way, way, way more value than the, the amount that stops me being sad. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't really care about that amount. But maybe if I did care about at least putting that in the hands of people that are below this threshold that I'm at, um, then everything could be nicer. It's the ne- the next revolution in the world. The next upheaval is imminent. I think it's either that, or we fully get plugged into um, some sort of you know Aldous Huxley soma world where you're just drugged out of caring about what's going on around you. <clears throat> I, I think I've got more confidence in humanity than that. Well, exactly. So I think that where I, I really do believe that. Whilst this, it will be turbulent for mm. a little while. I'm not sure if it'll be French Revolution turbulent or Russian Revolution turbulent or what flavour of turbulent. However, I think there are some turbulent times I starting think, uh, already as, that need that will, you know, that will. It's like um, Simon Wardley's tweet the other day about the putting everyone with over a million pounds of assets in a cave. Uh, stripping them of their assets and using the money to sort out the climate crisis. It, you know, like, why not? <laughs> well, <laughs> don't know how many caves you'd need. Sounds like not I that many. I don't know many. why putting someone in a cave is going to help anyone. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Unless they've got something to add. Or um, just simply, but that's the thing about that, um, you know, what I was saying about, you know, if the world agrees that, that, this is how much corporation tax is, full stop. Then, you know, some of these, these we need to get people competing on a different thing. And the competition can't, it has to stop being about growth and profit margins and it needs to start being about survival. And I think that the only way we can really sort it out is if everybody, if the, the globally there's an agreement to do it rather than, pockets of people or like you say that you know 26 people at the top just decide to build a carbon sink we just shouldn't be allowed that we shouldn't be allowing them to have that no one should have that much power and i think you ask anyone in the world if anyone should have that much power they're probably unless they're one of those people probably going to pretty much be like "Mm, probably not like but the, the other the other thing with all this it's turbulent times, but like listening to stuff like Mehdi Hassan talking to the Democratic candidates and all this, it's like a lot of the things we're ta- like um, universal basic income, climate crisis, Greta Thunberg, a lot of stuff that we, a lot of this stuff that we're talking about is becoming increasingly mainstream and increasingly part yeah, of yeah, the yeah. conversation. And yeah. so, um, in terms of what we're supposed to do about it. <laughs> What? Apart from unionise, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. well, but I think there's something to to go after in terms of the pull social media has on the world or the media because you know Cambridge Analytica couldn't exist without these the the channel to spam us through. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's somebody raised, uh, in fact, Beth Bell, one of our listeners, mm. <laughs> raised it to me on different channels. Like, what does a normal person do to fight Facebook, for example, and the mm. sort of the amount of data they hold on us? Because even Mark Benioff was saying that they shouldn't be allowed to be this big and they shouldn't mm. be allowed to buy more data points, which they do with yeah. WhatsApp, Instagram, yeah, Facebook. Yeah. What else do they have they bought? But anyway, so it's like... Um, so I think data, data is an important part of this. If they, we, like, if, but and, and if and I wonder if we had universal basic income, if people would choose to go and work at Facebook so willingly, or would put up with like people on the ground every day, if people would put up with the sort of moral bankruptcy of a lot of their practices. We're going to try making you feel sadder by showing you more negative posts in your feed because we've realised that this makes you more prone to buying things to make yourself feel better. Like when you sort of feel like you are you are in the middle class trap, you don't want to have to look for another job. You don't take a stand because you've got no safety net. This is. uh, Yeah, I just think the universal basic income is such a. Would be such a an important thing to if we could institute that like it's it's like cancel brexit get this eu tax avoidance thing make sure we've got loads of money from the ultra wealthy distribute that with no questions asked just like here's get rid of all this infrastructure of like making poor people prove that they are looking for a job and turn it into a society of people doing things that they actually believe in at least a percentage of those people, like some people might just be like, well, I still want to get the paid the most. So, um, but a lot of people wouldn't feel pressured into, into having to do that. But um, I, this doesn't really connect to the 99%. So, well, I don't we, think, why doesn't all it connect? Of us, yeah, like, well, it's just, we want the experience of the 1%, don't we? Which is, if we make a mistake, we're not going to go hungry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the difference, yeah. right? That's that the dividing the, yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. UBI yeah, is totally. how is the plan to get there. Like, if we could all just have that experience of, uh, I, you know, I'm interested in this. I just want to try this, um, yeah. rather than I can't try this, and I'm completely like, I hate my job. I hate everything. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I have to yeah. do this evil stuff because otherwise I've got to get another job and every every company's kind of the same now. They're all trying to exploit people's attention and lie to them yeah. in the most sort of like, you know, persuasive yeah, possible yeah. ways. This is our entire economy is built on just lying to people and just manipulating them into doing things that aren't good for them. Um, but because yeah. I think I, I think the, the unionising, though, is part of the safety net the union unions mm. ultimately that's part of their real like you know the the um when or when people go on strike there is a a, a fund for for i mean it won't pay you your wages mm. but there's a, a you know like the the money is collected to help people cover the cost of not earning for the period yeah. of a strike if there i was because my grandpa was such a big union guy mm. i even when i had my first software developer jobs i was part of a union mm. um because he's like you will be part of a union won't you Ivanka? yes grandpa i will mm. and actually unions are that kind of suddenly you've got to tap into a legal support mm. team 
Like yeah. I had somebody, uh, a boss at work, make a very inappropriate remark. Yeah. And I was, I was like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. And I just thought, I'll oh, phone the union. And yeah. this guy sort of went, look, I don't know if I've told you this story before. He sort of gave yeah, me this. Yeah. He said, um, look, I understand that nothing, it wasn't, he didn't touch you. It wasn't a physical assault of any description, but it's bugging you and it's going to continue to bug you. And, it, and you can choose not to do anything about it. But in 10 years time, you might find that it's just grown as this thing inside mm. you that's not. He said, so at least let's write a letter mm. to the HR yeah. team and say, let's, let's look at our options. We don't have to go industrial tribunal. We don't need to. Yeah. But I had somebody whose job it was to talk me through the options. Yes. Pound a month. And the, and the alternative to that is this individualization, this yeah. culture of the individual, this myth of meritocracy that is, it's the ultimate divide and conquer. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. All family, like, no, everybody gets separated into a separate individual box and avoid talking to each other. Everyone feels isolated. Everyone feels alone. Everyone feels like they just have to do whatever the their employer tells them to do. And... It just it just um, amplifies the most poisonous aspects, the most poisonous mm. features of humanity, the greed and the sort of like um, secrecy and the irresponsibility and the dumping stuff in rivers and, you know, all that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, one of the things I was thinking of when you said about the power, so if, if one because I think we ninety percent, we ninety nine percent. If we banded together, yeah, that's where our power. I think exactly. you've already said that. Our numbers are we are there are <laughs> We've a got lot numbers. more of us than them, and everybody. <laughs> if this is a dem democracy, why is that not? working for us that, that was a medi has um again like an interview with someone who'd written this like about the democrats should play dirty if they get elected and actually like yeah add puerto rico as a state i think and and to, to do some make some moves to protect their position in the way yeah. that like um republicans are just in the habit of doing and just do really grossly but like do some legitimate stuff that will you know get rid of the gerrymandering stuff get rid of all this stuff that is only really serves the the other side and um just do everything in your power to sort of re-democratize things yeah and well, then, make it yeah and then i don't know how that account uh, uh, like applies to the uk like in the in the in the wake of everything we're still sort of we're doing our marches we're doing our uh, ours, ours has just our democracy has just turned into a sort of mulch of like corporate power, hasn't it? It's not really like there's no ideals, there's no. I don't. Well, there are. I don't know. I think we. Someone was saying like we actually do pretty well here. Like if you yeah. actually talk to people, and um, even people post Brexit that have gone back to sort of another country, they've gone. No, I still much like it better in the yeah, UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the point of this so. One of the, the, the this working theory behind the the uh, Extinction Rebellion gang is that you only need something like 1% to 2% of the population to be participating in order to make the movement real and mm. effective. So, you know, so, and they list these examples of the suffragettes, etc. Um, but 
maybe the same apply and I'm sure the same applies to countries mm. so and I I think that people one of the things I was talking about in that New York Times article and the bits that I sort of prepared in my head mm. was that maybe we needed a Trump victory and maybe we needed a Brexit result mm. so that we all got a smack in the head <laughs> to yeah. go this progressive life we think is going to just going to continue to progress actually it's not there yet and it's not there for a lot more people so maybe and one of the things that somebody told me after the brexit result one of my friends from the balkan she said if that happens in the uk there is no hope for us here if you guys who are progressive and cool and cool progressive (laughs) if you if you did this We've got no hope at all. And Mm. I think as a country, the United Kingdom, the United States of America, the, you know, your Germany, your Sweden, you have a duty to be, to lead by example, to to be progressive, to represent equality. Because for me, progress means equality. That's it. Um, So, and then the the only other thing I'm just thinking is, um, my takeaway from this is, I think complacency has been a real enemy. Like we thought yes. things were going okay and what Trump and Brexit have done is like knocked us out of our complacency, knocked us back into realising that people that aren't having such an easy time or people who are genuinely feeling scared about the world um, and just in real poverty, we're in their on their team we're not on the team of the one percent so everyone that has nothing we are on we are with them yeah um, and maybe com- not just complacency about there's that complacency the privilege of not having to think about politics or not having to i don't i can't i just can't i can't deal with politics kind of thinking like i'm not even going to look at it i'm not going to engage because i don't have to because things are okay and only the people that really have to are the ones that engage there's that type of complacency where it's like oh it's kind of all the same doesn't really matter but the other one is like i've I've hit this i'm I'm getting paid enough that money isn't my primary worry and then that complacency is then sort of exploited by the business owners and the you know the tax avoidance people and that that they're creaming off so much more than we can imagine from our from our efforts and because we've sort of got they've given us just enough to not complain yeah that they can get away with that and that needs to change yeah they need to be held to account yeah let's hold them to account somehow Thanks for listening if you like the podcast you can go to grandpodcast.com with all of your friends and subscribe them onto their phones and make them listen to it um where can people find you ivanka people can find me at ivanka on twitter and and increasingly at grand podcast on instagram Ooh. i seem to be taking responsibility for the marketing i've, mm-hmm. I've been um, uploading the images now i've got got that into a yeah. habit um but that's about Thank you. my limit <laughs> I'm trying to keep that, my that own helps. Um, you can find me at michaelforestmusic.com and again at michaelforest on Instagram you know I'm doing stuff on there and we've got a Patreon which you can join in on get involved there are definitely loads of other people are doing it so you should too 
And if there's anything else, I don't know. What do you, what's, yeah. what's the other one? Some nice reviews and ratings and things would be good. And uh, tell us what you think. Send us an email. Hello. And give us some at feedback. Yes. And uh, that's it, really. Yeah. That's All right. the end so of the story. See you next time for episode 100. Bye. <gasps> bye. 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 bye, bye. bye. bye.